And welcome back, everybody, to Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. My name is Daniel Rogers, and I am here with one of the most spectacular people in the entire universe, Aram Mitchell. Man, wow. how are how are you? I, I well, with an introduction like that, I <laughs> how can I not be spectacular? Uh, it's good to be with you, Daniel. I'm doing pretty well. It's a drizzly morning where I'm sitting out here in southern Maine near the Presumpscot River. Looking over my backyard where I have some soggy backyard chickens and I've got a candle lit and some incense and I have the stone that I hold in my hand to help ground me when I'm having conversations to help yeah. kind of like take those like jitters, you know, from yeah. from uh, being recorded, like having your audio go out there into the ether and ground yeah. me down to the person that I am here in the flesh in this moment. Uh, so all that to say, I'm spectacular. How you Love doing, it. man? How I'm doing, doing. I I'm doing great. I got I got to talk about the rock. I mean, how can I not? Like that's we have to start there. Okay, yeah, I love it. Uh, so I had a friend in high school. He was a public speaking expert. Like he won all the competitions and went to state finals oh, and all this stuff. And stuff. Uh, the what now? Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Oh no, it was uh, with FFA. So oh, uh, the the future farmers of America. So uh, there's like. One part of creed, one part of the speaking is you memorize the FFA creed, which is five paragraphs long, and uh, it's still stuck in my brain to this day. Um, <laughs> in fact, if I see somebody wearing like an FFA T-shirt, I'd be like, "Do you believe in the future of agriculture with a faith born not of words but of deeds?" And they Come just on. look at me like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." So okay, <laughs> all right, you're not an FFA nerd. You're <laughs> that's, that's okay. Uh, but anyways, uh, then there's this other part of public speaking where you do like extemporaneous. They'll give you a, a subject in like the last second or whatever. Anyways, he was great at it. And he always carried something in his hand when he spoke. Mm -hmm. um, he told me he liked to do a paperclip because it seemed it kind of sort of blended into the environment. But yeah. it's a very, it's a very interesting uh, tool to use, you know, just having that paperclip, that sort of thing to ground yourself, to remind yourself yeah. that you're in reality and not dreaming or tactile. whatever. <laughs> yeah, something tactile. Like, I feel like that's... Um... It's a beautiful thing. We're we're, we're probably going to end up talking about earthiness and wildness and the elemental nature that we all are. Um, but there's there's something to just like that tangible, tact tactile. Like we we are these bodies that have edges that bump into <laughs> other things, right? And sometimes, I mean, I know I know you and I can both relate to this. Sometimes we we get lost in the abstractions, right? Like yes. our head just like go into the clouds into the theory and my goodness that's some that's like i don't know for me anyways like that's a fun place to that's a fun playground to play in all of that theoretical abstract but ultimately right what are those practical yeah. components where the edges of us bump into the edges of others and like right where justice and goodness and 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 beauty and relation and love takes place that's that's an amazing point, actually, because for so many of our listeners, and I know for me especially, mm -hmm. getting lost in the abstract is, yeah. is sort of an excuse to not live in the present, right? Yeah. Um, if, if I can sit behind this desk and read all my books and, and think there about- There are literally a lot of books behind you right now. There's so quite, quite a bit. Quite a I bit. Love yeah, church history and all that boring stuff. Um, <laughs> but if, if if I can get lost in that, then I don't have to face the challenge of what does this look like outside of these walls, right? Yes. What does That's this right. look like outside, you know, from behind this desk? What impact does this have on people, you know, yeah. like in the real world, real time, the people who don't know the FFA creed, 
like yeah. just from the first few sentences, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, the people who aren't immersed in this language. And so having that sort of thing that grounds you to reality, that sort of brings you back to this idea that we are all part of this together. And and my yeah. beliefs, even that if I hold them, you know, between my two ears and don't let them out, they still affect how I live and how I see the world and have an impact on my brothers and sisters everywhere. Sure. Right? So, For sure. Yeah, I had a, there was a, a a sort of kind of creed, I guess, or like public statement that I had memorized. I, I worked for a couple of years as a children's minister for a big United Church of Christ church out in Southern California. This would have been, oh gracious, close to 10 years ago now. Um, and we had a whole thing that we said every uh, every Sunday morning when we were together as a body of worship. And, uh, and it ended with, um, uh, and, and that we may work and pray for peace and justice. And I always, I always switched it up and made it work and play for peace and justice. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got, like I have my own, I have my own relationship with prayer um, and that's dynamic and, and usually involves me, uh, me putting my feet on a trail. I like to pray with my feet, um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I changed it to work and play for peace and justice, both just to like capture that sort of to hold those two things in dialogue, right? Like yeah. the, the the sincerity of the of the work and the labor that we have to do in this world, alongside of the levity um, uh, and laughter of playfulness, um, right. but also because like peace and justice, these abstract concepts, like they are ultimately uh earthbound happenings right they are labor and it is playful it's it's community it's celebration it's grief it is the stuff of of relation um so that was that yeah i don't have the ffa um <laughs> i'm not an ffa nerd but i yeah. have some of my own creeds that continue to uh continue to haunt me in the most delicious and delightful ways to work yeah for peace and justice may it be so and i think sometimes that prayer is one of those things that we keep in the abstract if we let it morph into playing you know mm -hmm. morph into our actions then then it means something and but sometimes we sort of like thoughts and prayers and you know that's it right. like just throw right. those out there we've done our good deed for the day you know and hopefully god will just handle all that stuff and we can yeah. just say you know we're praying for you and be done with it like that's the yeah. end of our interaction with the world and Yes, yeah, I found myself saying one of one of the like uh, my kind of stand in these days for the thoughts and prayers um, is I tell people I'm rooting for you. Uh, I'm rooting for you because I, oh, yeah. I <laughs> right like I'm like I'm a cheerleader. I'm a cha I'm championing you. Like I, like I want what's best for you, but also I'm rooting for you. It reminds me that uh, in order to be for others, I need to. Like I need to lean into my own roots. I need to uh, look for the ways that, <laughs> oh, like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm grounding, right? Like right. that I'm grounding into spiritual practice and like an actual earthy, rooty, um, dusty, soil encrusted spiritual practice. Because I can't be for others if I am not myself, um, like rooted, rooted into, uh, rooted into that 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 capacity to be in relation, mm. uh, right? Relationships are a creative thing. And I think creativity at least is often, if not always preceded um, by, uh, by, by roots, by roots. And so I, I'm curious, like what, what those spiritual roots uh, or those root roots of spiritual practice look like for, for folks listening 
listening in right now. I'm curious what it looks like for you, Daniel. I know you and I met um, kind of engaging, uh, engaging a, a retreat wherein we were, we were putting down some, some roots together in community um, that I, I continue to, I, I continue to benefit from that time. Those walks that we went on together. Gracious. When was that? Back in March, April. April? Yeah. It was, yeah. it was the week after uh, the week after Easter, right. In 2022. And I plan on seeing yeah. you again in 2023. That's, I'd love to be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, everybody else, well, maybe not everybody else. I don't know how many people are listening. If there's about 20 people listening, you can all come. If there's more than that, first come first serve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to go, I need to go sign up before the episode airs. Don't I? Yeah, <laughs> so well, tell us about this. So what is this place? Uh, I know it's called discovering renewal. So where did this idea come from? What's it about? You know, how did you get involved? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the retreat that, that you and I met on discovering renewal at, uh, Montreat, conference center um in north carolina that was uh i joined in by by invitation of of some buddies there who um who work at montreat uh, but the concept of it was really simple i like i i think really simple um and that is that <laughs> i oftentimes will introduce myself to folks by saying hi i'm aram and i guide wilderness trips for people doing good things in the world and then i ask whoever's in the in the group like raise your hand if you're someone doing good things in the world right so for those of you out there listening uh raise your hand if you are someone doing good things in the world um and if your hand isn't up then i imagine there's better podcasts that you could be spending your time <laughs> listening to um right but the the uh like the idea of of making the world a more beautiful place like takes a whole host a whole ecology of of efforts of efforts of good faith uh of people of good faith and so um oftentimes that work right like the labor of leaning into the common good is exhausting and uh and oftentimes the 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 work of 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 uh like leading with love the work of of championing justice in this world, um, it leaves people in a precarious place, um, in regards to their, their soul level energy. Um, a lot of folks in those sorts of either the line of work where they're, where they're care providers or faith leaders or justice workers, or even just folks with hearts oriented toward goodness and empathy and compassion, uh, can lead to burnout often does lead to burnout or, yeah. or gets people right up to the brink. So the idea of this retreat, discovering renewal, um, was for that to not happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. right? um, or if it has happened for someone, what does it look like to, to rekindle that flame? Right. What does it look like to not burn out? Um, but to, to sustain the, the good work that you've got to, to provide. And, and this retreat in particular, discovering renewal, there are three different tracks. Some folks went fly fishing. Some folks had a daily yoga practice. Um, you and I, and uh, I think about 15 or so other folks went up into the mountains each day and yeah. <laughs> went, for, went for, went for these like long, beautiful, contemplative sauntering walks that we interspersed with with poetry and conversation and silence and uh and tactile uh opportunities to hold on to stones and dip our fingers <laughs> into moss yes um, yeah and, uh, and so having, that's renewal yeah and having it the week after easter was so helpful because that's you know the pastors have 
just worked and worked and worked and worked up to that point. And that's like the big day of the year. And now they have this time to just slow down and relax yeah. and, and yeah. discover that renewal that they so desperately need. Uh, you know, that's one right. of my favorite activities that we did was the first activity we did on the hike. Uh, we, Remind me. we sat on a ridge and yes. we took out our notepads yes. and we drew a spiral um, yes. about four or five loops and then yeah. divided that up into four quadrants and observed from as close to us as we could to as further away from us as we could uh, yes. what we were seeing, feeling, uh, smelling or hearing. And That's then, right. you know, just tracking those, uh, those senses really helped us to, you know, learn how to be here, right. How to be present. Absolutely. Do you ever put, um, do you put resources into your show notes with this podcast? Yes, definitely. I definitely do. Okay. I have a, there's a, I have a video of that spiral meditation. I'll send you a link to it. If folks want to try it out. Um, yeah, for sure. Like a five minute reflection. Um, I'll send you a link to that. So you can put that in the show notes if people want to try the spiral meditation. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's like a way to drop into, um, being the multi-sensory beings that we are, right? Yeah. Like, like here we are, there's so many ways to perceive this world and um, yeah. into some of those ways. It, it was challenging because you're like, okay, uh, what, what am I hearing? Well, I don't hear anything. You know, I don't, everybody, everybody was told to be quiet. There was that bell that went off a few minutes ago, but that's not a thing now. So what am I hearing? And you're like, oh, wait, there, there's leaves rustling. Is yeah. that a bird? And I think there was a dog barking down in the valley, you know, at somebody's yeah. house. And yeah. You start to pick up on all these sounds and uh, sights that you had no idea were even there. You know, mm, yeah. it's just, just amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. such a such a good exercise. But probably the most impactful thing, tell me, was a poem. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. You. Uh, speaking of speaking of your um, your <laughs> affinity for memorizing. Um, I, yeah, I remember, uh, we shared this poem. It may be familiar with some of you who are listening. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of the goodies, Wendell yeah. Berry, the piece, piece of wild things. Do you have it committed to memory still? Should we try it together? Well, I was thinking we could do a line after line. Okay. Let's do that. I, right. I'm, I'm up for it. Do you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, okay. uh, when despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound. In fear of what my life and my children's lives may be. I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water. And above me, I feel the day blind stars waiting with their light. And for a moment, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, such a beautiful. I, I, I think we just like kind of uh, we took that poem and just bumped into it in different ways throughout, yeah. throughout the, the week that we spent together. And I remember, I think, did I did I chop it up into lines and, and hand out lines to different people to just like you memorize in collaboration how did we do that yeah we had uh there were groups of three or four of us at a time and we mm -hmm. memorized each a section and then recited it together and i loved it so much that i like uh you know <laughs> just went ahead and memorized the whole thing because it meant so much to me seriously the, the biggest line for me though was tax not their lives with forethought of grief yes, yes. so much is oh man this could happen and this could happen and this could happen and then boom yes. i'm in yes. a terrible situation and Absolutely. 
it might be realistic. It might be, you know, within the realm of possibility, but <laughs> that doesn't mean we should spend so much time for focusing on it and worrying about it in this moment here. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, um, that's so true. I, I wonder if I can, if I can share, I, something that I, I don't remember if we did this, but something I'll often do is, um, I think we did do this on the, on the last day, like take, take that poem and write a poem, like kind of echoing it in response. Oh, yes. Um, and I actually have the, I have the poem that I wrote in response to it. I think it was this one I wrote in, in April when we were together. Can I? Um, yeah, go for it. Go and for do it. you have yours there? I, I think, you I think so. I want to, I want to uh, check it to make sure it's not, uh, you know, <laughs> it might be too much. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I love it. We're just having a little, uh, little poetry love fest here. Um, welcome to all who are joining. <laughs> all who are joining okay. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to read this because I was, I was inspired to, and I have it pulled up here. Go for in it. My notes. Um, all right. So it's, uh, yeah. When I wake in the night, inspired by Wendell Berry's The Peace of Wild Things. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and our children's lives may be. I roll over, go back to sleep, and I dream of the pelicans and their awkward flops into the sea and how it makes me laugh to see them soaring at first with prehistoric grace. Then see them diving with what I'm fooled to think must be precision, then see them slap the water in a silly crumple of wings and waves and hunger, and silliness and despair wed in my dreams and make awkward babies who have feathers for fingers and anchors for feet. <laughs> grow up tickling everything they touch, who move with big, slow, deliberate steps. Mm. And I wake in the morning with a new gravity in my heart and a salty smile on my face. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I, I remember you reading that. I, the image stands out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was on that last day in that big pavilion, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. By the, like, the labyrinth where you can walk the labyrinth. Yes. Yeah. That's right. We, we went out and did centering prayer for a bit and then, uh, or whatever sort of meditation we wanted. I did centering prayer. And uh, then we wrote our poems. Um, I'll read mine. Okay. All right. Here Bring we go. it on. Come on. Yeah. Ooh, this one's heavy. Uh, when despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of rejection by my church and new friends over beliefs, I lie in bed and name my thanks first content and then relief. I name the things that I love I count my blessings one by one. I feel above me, before me, beyond me, behind me, and within me, the infinite presence of the divine. And for a moment, I'm free. <laughs> mm, yeah. If you recall, that's based off of one of the things we did with Brian, where we put our hands before us and above us and behind us and to our left yeah. and to our right. Yes. Just, yeah. just trying to realize that regardless of what happens here and now, you know, those four thoughts of grief, there is this infinite presence of love that uh, that goes through everything, you know, and so and so here we are. <laughs> yeah. But man, yeah, it was it was it was a great time. And hey, maybe someone listening doesn't need renewal themselves, but their uh, pastor does. Yeah. They could. That'd be a great Christmas present. Come on, yeah. I love that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Like, right. hey, I signed you up for this retreat. You have to go. Uh, it's all inclusive. So, <laughs> and it's after it's after Holy Moly week. So you yeah, like you just did this thing, and yeah, get out, get out. Oh, get yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, I'm having one of our other guests uh, from the retreat on the program with me in a few. I don't know when this is going to post. It's posting now for the person listening. It's now, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll be at some point. Uh, you do you remember Summer Lee? She did the uh, fly fishing track. Yes. Um, she wrote her master's thesis on the tree of life. So yeah, so oh, she's awesome. us too. so she can possibly tell us and sort of show off the fly fishing track a little bit and what in the world flying fi- fly fishing has to do with discovering renewal. <laughs> That's so great. I love yeah. it. So nice. man, okay. So let's let's go back in time uh to okay. to Aram. Give us give us your story. You know, how did you get where you are? Like uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um well I uh, I was born alongside of the St. John River in New Brunswick, Canada, uh, and grew up. I was quite young when we moved to the to the states to Indiana. I grew up alongside the White River in Indianapolis, Indiana, riding my mountain bike down along the river. There, I um, yeah, I over. Over the over the years, I've spent a, a good amount of time guiding wilderness trips, uh, and and one of the regular trips that I've guided is is through the Perea River out in Arizona and Utah through the Perea Canyon that follows the Perea River as it um, to where it flows into the mighty Colorado River. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live now as i mentioned earlier in southern maine and and a lot of days i'll take my dogs and go walk alongside the presumpscut river um and uh and there's this oak that i know that just leans out over the river at like a 20 degree angle just uh just the right sort of angle to lean in and get a get a big hug like (laughs) under that oak is the comforting oak um so i i say all of that because um my life has been you know, has been lived in different geographies, different watersheds, um, and um, different kind of flows. uh, And uh, a couple of, of consistent streams uh, in my life, as I have, (laughs) as I've um, kind of moved from place to place and lived in proximity to literal rivers literal streams uh in the context of literal watersheds um a couple of a couple of consistent streams have been uh an interest and intrigue in human spiritual formation i uh i did my my undergrad in in biblical literature and outdoor recreation um and i got a uh i went to seminary um about 10 years ago uh chicago theological seminary and studied uh eco-feminist theology and and so like along the way alongside of religious studies and theological studies and ethical studies and biblical studies like there's just this common thread of i'm i'm interested in in what's the stuff that that forms us and shapes us and makes us more human like more fully human more fully alive that um that that deepens us as relational beings um in contact and conviviality with other relational beings um so that's one that's one stream the stream of spiritual formation and the other stream as i mentioned uh in undergrad kind of got 
cut my teeth on outdoor recreation and started guiding in wilderness contexts. And that, um, that experience of, of, um, exploring and, and sometimes companioning and guiding in wild spaces. That's another, uh, another stream that has been consistent, um, done, done that with, with groups of, of youth. I've done it with, uh, with men's groups for church groups, uh, and I've done it with with people of of all genders, and uh, and uh, actually ran a uh, I ran an organization called Renewal in the Wilderness for about five years here in Maine. It was a beautiful, beautiful work, um, and and our our mission at Renewal in the Wilderness was really similar to what was happening at Discovering Renewal. Um, yeah. We, uh, we kind of, we asked the question, who helps the helpers, those folks who are out there doing that good work, like who is it that's, that's looking to support and sustain them. Um, and so got to take people uh, on uh, multi-day canoe trips and, and, and hikes in the wilderness. Uh, and then also just would spend time sometimes just took people out for 90 minute walks in what yeah. John Muir called the, the parks and gardens of town, right? Those half wild parks and gardens of town. Um, and uh so that that stream uh as well of of getting to just like be out in proximity to wild nature um those two things spiritual formation right the idea of spirituality and wildness uh or wilderness um where those two things flow together right the confluence of wildness and spirituality confluence being where two things where two streams flow together um that's that's where I consider uh, to be my um, kind of vocational context. That's where I like yeah. to set camp um, is is at that confluence of wildness and spirituality. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah that's, that's, awesome. where, that's where you met me. You, that's where we camped out at that confluence. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. And and, uh, and one of the things that happened, I just remember there was this moment we were sitting there eating lunch. Uh, on the second or third day, I guess it was, we had gone off the regular trail, sort of down this uh, slope and sitting yes. around this, uh, yeah, uh, this, I guess it was a place for campfires or something. And oh, I looked down and I go, wait, you're, we're wearing the same pants. <laughs> That's right. I and have my, right over there. Yes. It was my, it's my favorite pair of pants. I wear those. If I can like wear those all week long, I would just wash them as much as I can. It's just so I can wear them more and more. They're the best. And Daniel. I just want to. I just want to tell you right now. If you need me to write you a permission slip, if you want to wear those pants every day of your life, you may. Dude, thank I you give so you much. Permission. You're welcome. Those, those are my favorite ones. Maybe also maybe have these pairs so that you can have so you can wash them and have have a spare. Yeah, probably mm -hmm. probably need to do that. I even have this pair that uh the, the knees unzip. You know, you can like yes. have shorts like I used to wear in the third grade yes. and great. But anyways, at, at that moment there was like, we are now friends. We are now eternal <laughs> friends. And <laughs> I already liked you before you already had me one over with the Wendell Berry poem, but now it's on like, your you're not going to get rid of me now. Yeah, ex ex exactly. exactly. Um, yes. And, and true, truly, truly, if the folks listening in on this, take nothing else away from this episode. Um, hear me now, wear the pants that you want to wear in life. <laughs> Good grief. If we can't wear the pants that we want to wear in life, then what on earth are we doing? Yeah. What is it all for? I mean, come on. And, but you know, that, that, uh, that whole retreat though, just, just getting us to embrace our wildness and yeah. just seeing how everything is connected and, uh, it's yeah. all part of the story, which is so amazing. 
And one of the books that you suggested to me uh, yeah, to well, read, Gerald May. Oh, yeah. Wisdom of Wilderness. Definitely. I'm looking. I feel like I probably got it here somewhere. There it is. Yeah, yeah. mine's. I actually know where mine is. It's right over there on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, there it is right there. Yeah. But that, yeah, that book is amazing. And that's one of the things he explores are just these super practical yeah. uh, lessons from his ob- observations in the wilderness. Um, yes, yes. It's a really great book. So if you're looking into, you know, sort of pursuing this thing this, that Aram's talking about, that's a must read for sure. Gerald May's Wisdom of the Wilderness. Healing Power of Nature is the subtitle. Yeah, and that's it's true. It's what it is. So you had all these, you, on that trip, you had us do all these activities. We already talked about the spiral meditation. Um, there were some other things. We did the pie, uh, Rob Bell's pie from uh, fanning the flame or tending, tending yes. the fire, tending to your fire. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but his audio book on burnout. Uh, so what was your approach in you know, trying to find these different activities for our retreat specifically? Like, your goal obviously was to help us discover renewal. Was there some philosophy you had going in or like yeah. uh, walk us through, walk us through your process. How do you pass through the pastors? That's fun. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, well, I guess I, I think of, of uh, both just like the, the poetry that, that we intersperse as well as the, the, the practices that are, you know, like contemplative meditative, uh, practices that sink into our our senses um and and to r- root into place um to pay attention to what's going on around us what's going on within us uh, and to like introduce some some concepts for further reflection hopefully some some concepts that kind of like seed these these ideas that then will will stick with folks and um like all of those different different things I, I like to think of as like having a quiver uh like as if i was an archer um yeah. so i'm sagittarius so i've got that the arrow archer imagery and so i often think that i have just like this this quiver um i guess you could call it a toolbox but i like the idea of a quiver because um i'll, I'll go into a, a retreat like discovering renewal like like we shared together and um and i try to go in with i i probably have um three or four times more practices, poems, ideas in my quiver than there's actually, yes, <laughs> I see what you're holding up there. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually like space or time for it. And so then, yeah. um, so then what that, uh, I, I usually have like a, a, almost like a, I think of it almost as like a liturgical flow that yeah. I want the day to have right like um yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna get together we're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna ground um and like get oriented to one another oriented to space um and then we're gonna there's gonna be some silence there's gonna be some some conversation there's gonna be some poetry there's uh gonna be some some uh multi-sensory practice um and then ultimately want to like land at a place where we're then sending out right what is like what's the benediction moment the this yeah. the good sending encouraging moment so i oftentimes will think in terms of a flow of of kind of a liturgy but but having a quiver full of possibilities a general idea of the flow um then it kind of frees me up to just um get to be with the the people yeah. who, are, who are there and, and kind of uh, tune in to um, both the the individuals, the human people that are part of the group, the group itself, which has its own sort of personality. That's <laughs> yes, 
to get to know um and then like the non-human persons as well right like um I'm, i've got a little little bit of an animist streak through me and so like i'm tuning into like what are the trees saying to us like yeah. what um, what are the creatures that are that are engaging with us? What what about the wind? What about you know the the bodies of water we're encountering? What about the stones um, that I'm both walking on or holding in my hand? Um, but just get to tune in to like what's what's going on, and then um, and then like knowing what's in my quiver, tuning into what's going on, I can like try to pull something out and see if I can hit the bullseye. Right. Like, yeah. um, like I pull something out of the quiver and let's see. And it doesn't always, but, but sometimes, sometimes it does. Um, usually, usually manages to at least like get on the, get on the board. Yeah. Um, and, and just like posing, posing these things as, as invitations for folks. Um, not as, I don't know, like not as, as, as homework assignments or not as, um, not as assignments that, you can do right or wrong but invitations to to deepen your relationship with the stuff of wildness all around you the stuff of wildness within you um but all of that said i'm going to answer the same question again but in a different way Go for it. Um, like what is what is the process of guiding of preparing for and and guiding an experience of discovering renewal in the wilderness or in wildish spaces um, I guess this is maybe I shouldn't shouldn't say this out loud because um because because then the secret's out. But I found that the main thing people need is just like permission to get out there on the trail. And yeah, more often than not, if I can like get people out there, give them permission to be there together and then step out of the way. Um yeah. stuff of wildness like does does the rest so oh, man. everything else is just like icing on the cake but like the main thing is just giving people permission um and and like helping them to feel like uh a sense of uh security and togetherness right like i've got my right. wilderness medical certification so like you're safe to come with me you're just like giving <laughs> people permission and a sense of emotional and physical uh kind of safety and security going out there and then just get out of the way yeah and like let the goodness happen well that is a big part of it too because so many times people who are in what well, is just because of our society, regardless of what their uh, you know, profession might be, if it's a pastor or if it's a lawyer or a doctor or something like that, yeah. then they may have the false belief that going out into the wilderness for a day is not being productive. Right. So they might have this feeling like, oh, I'd be judged. I, you know, people are going to think I'm just wasting the day away. I'm just being lazy. I'm not doing something in the office or whatever. But what you're what you're doing is you're saying this is a retreat for pastors and we're going to be doing some exercises on the trail. So that way, in their mind, they're like, OK, this is not just a walk. Like, I'm not just wasting time here. Like, this is a counseling session. You know, so let me, let me write <laughs> yeah. this off. Let me write this off as a work retreat. <laughs> but really, what you're doing is you're just giving them the permission to get out on the trail and then you just let nature do its work. That's right. Um, yeah, we can get you some continuing education <laughs> units, whatever you need for your judicatory <laughs> body to like justify the fact that you just did this thing that is so yeah. good for you and so good for your for your ministry, whether you are a professional minister or whether you're like ministering to the world in, in other ways. In other ways, yeah, like a teacher yeah. or something. Um, um in all like uh this what like one of my <laughs> one of my favorite little like nuggets of insight um so the hebrew bible right at the very beginning 
um right there's there's just this this vastness and void and this hovery divinity like divine <laughs> stuff hovering over this oceanic depths of 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 chaos yeah uh, there's there's a, a term there in hebrew tohu vabohu um tohu vabohu right there and i think it's in i think it's in the very first it's first or second verse of genesis chapter one and it's the the idea of it it's like the chaos of wildness i'm not a hebrew scholar so um, i i may be paraphrasing but tohu vabohu this the 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 depths and the chaos of wildness that yeah. is like swirling and twirling around and that like the the chaos of wildness the depths of wildness what does that do it precedes creativity right mm. creation comes after this um, like mythic encounter with the stuff of wildness. So um, if we can, if we can take some, some wisdom from that, if we can like look at that, at that story, that narrative, that sort of flow, uh, that divine flow. Um, I like to think that the, that the chaos of wildness, the stuff of wildness wasn't like, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a, a negative thing. It's like a substantial thing that yeah. precedes acts and postures of creativity mm. and can that be the same for us like do we need do we need to go into encounters with the stuff of wildness in order in order to like bolster and fuel and deepen and sustain and inform our creative contributions to the world right and so that would look at uh deconstruction or as richard Orr would say you know order disorder reorder Come on. as yes. not as not a negative thing but it's actually a positive step to a greater future it's not something that you're tearing down it's actually more about building up but you have to enter yeah. into the chaos before you can enter into the life kind of like the cross you know, that's a message someone could take from the cross, the uh, going into the death, because that's the only way you can get to resurrection <laughs> is through death. Um, we have to go through winter to get through spring, Yeah, uh, you know, and then all through uh, all through Genesis and Exodus, you know, there's these stories of water being this place of chaos, like in the flood or in the uh, crossing of the Red Sea. But it's it's getting through that chaos uh, that leads us to this new reality, this new world. So. Yeah. So man, Rogers, absolutely. Right. That's like, well, and it's, it's interesting. Um, and I do want to just, I, I, I like to, um, to pause and just like a little bit of a side note, um, except that I think it's like really central and, and vital when we're talking, when we're talking about, um, the concept of wilderness to recognize that, that wilderness as a conceptual term, a conceptual thing is a, is complicated and um and oftentimes there's just like there there is this these like the image of 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 renewal and pristine vistas and um you know fields of daisies and um and then there's like also the red and tooth and claw like it's like it's uh the brambles and the thorns and everything so wilderness is a complicated term insofar as it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people right. it's also complicated um because the idea of of wilderness or some ideas of wilderness have been used uh here in uh well in the in the country where you and I live daniel um ha have been used to delegitimize the um the lives of whole people groups right when um when the um 
experiment of America was getting started, there were these concepts of manifest destiny, uh, of yeah. terra nullius, this Latin legal idea that the the state can just claim land as its own if it is uh, if it is empty, um, and so that would lead the state to claim that this land is empty therefore it's ours but it was it was inhabited by indigenous yeah. inhabitants and and so Savage, these cons- savages right this is the term right that's right that's right yeah. and, and created uh these ideas of wilderness almost created justification um for for genocide for land theft uh and, and so i just i like to pause and and name that anytime we're yeah. we're uh, exploring and engaging with ideas of wilderness, it's important to not, um, yeah, just to like not forget that there's problematic elements. Yeah, just just name the elephant in the room, just name it, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. I, I think of uh, the wilderness as you know being a place to claim. You kind of think of the the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness for forty years, right, before they go take this land from these people. Um, yeah. But you also. Th- you also can think of it in more positive light, like with Jesus who entered into the wilderness, right. To prepare yes. himself for ministry. So yeah, it has a lot of connotations and it is important to name those because you never know what, who might be listening, what sort of uh, trauma they may have you know, undergone or their ancestors may have undergone. That's still a really difficult thing for them to come to terms with. And so just naming that can, can just be a, like a nod to them. Hey, I, I I'm with you. I'm here. I'm yes. here with you. You know, I'm not ignoring you know, the, yeah. Experiences. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and yeah, and the, the connotations of wilderness are, are complicated. And, and alongside of that, like we, as if, if we're, if we're someone, if I'm someone who um, counts myself as a practitioner of wild spirituality, right. A practitioner of, of or someone who resides at that confluence of wildness and spirituality. Um, I like, I'm responsible for how I use the idea of wilderness right um like I'd say, which actually i oftentimes when i think about that about how complicated the concept of wilderness is and how um like as a uh, i'm embodied in this world as as a um white cisgender man um the the descendant of people who settled on turtle island on on the north american continent um and uh, as such, like I'm responsible for how I approach uh, my relationship with wilderness. Um, I need for it to be complicated. And I, oftentimes I think about that in relation to um, hermeneutics, to biblical interpretation, right? Like I think so often um, there's this, t- there's this temptation to, to ignore the, the complications and not take personal responsibility for the ways that we are engaging and employing for instance biblical texts or religious narratives right but um biblical interpretation i think one of the heartbeats of having a mature faith a mature relationship with uh with a sacred text is like you don't get to you don't get to shirk responsibility for your interpretation. Like you have to lean in and say like, this is, this is how I read this text. And here, uh, here are the things that, that result, like, because I, like, because I'm reading this text in this way, um, it has these implications and it's easier <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it's easier and, and maybe feels like safer to, 
to pin the blame for the implications of certain readings of certain texts on some other authority, whether it's uh, right, whether it's a, a religious leader, well, they told me that it means that. So therefore it must mean that, or even just claiming that, well, it can only mean one thing. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I think that that's like not taking responsibility for what we need to take responsibility for, but it takes grit. It takes gall. It takes guts to take responsibility for, uh, for the ways that we um, interpret sacred texts, the ways that we approach this world, right? The the, yeah. the moral values that we bring into that inform our day to day. Um, a great place to to get some some guts and grit and gall is to uh, go for a little jaunt in the wilderness. Just say, <laughs> hey, there you go, bringing it all back. Yeah, that that is one thing that people, especially uh, from my tradition. Uh, face is hey this is the only way to read this passage and if you don't read the passage in this way then the whole bible just throw it out throw out jesus throw out god is love throw it all out because it doesn't matter because it's all false if this one thing fails and yeah. so what happens when they are confronted with a biology 101 class or uh, spending time in the wilderness or whatever and that one thing doesn't seem so uh you know as uh i don't know uh, unbreakable as they thought it was, <laughs> it just destroys it all. It tears the whole thing down. Right. right. And so having that openness to say, okay, we could be wrong about this. We yeah. we probably have got this. In fact, we probably are wrong about this yeah. uh, is, is a huge step in uh, not only just being a humble person, but in taking responsibility for the interpretations, um, you know, that you have, I, I was thinking about Jesus and, you know, mm -hmm. people are always, yes, as you do, uh, you know, why was Jesus baptized? That's weird. Did he need his <laughs> sins forgiven? Well, maybe not as an individual, but as part of this greater story of Israel, there were a lot of sins <laughs> that needed to be forgiven, <laughs> that needed to be repented of, right? Uh, all the and, and one of those major things that he launched into after his baptism were those uh, interpretations that weren't so helpful. You've heard it's been said, but I say yeah. to you, I'm taking responsibility through my baptism and Ooh, identifying yeah. with the culture and understanding that I have to move past, you know, this, this nation that I'm a part of. And right. now, since I've taken that responsibility, I have the ability to say, okay, you've heard it's been said this way, but now I say to you this way, you know? <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yeah. Well, and I, I really appreciate too. just, yeah, you naming, you naming the, the sort of co collective, um, a, <laughs> What is uh, the, the collective concept of sin, right? Because yeah. Um, yeah, it can be really tempting. I know, like I came up, um, I came up in, and <clears throat> uh, like in a conservative evangelical background. I count myself now as I'm kind of more uh, lefty leaning, progressive type that maybe than than some <laughs> some of the folks who are core to your to your audience. So I hope hope you'll all. Uh, uh, still, still. As soon have. as you said ecofeminism, they were those people. <laughs> they all, those people are already gone, so you don't have to worry about those folks. We've got it's like okay. two listeners left. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think um, I know from my religious inheritance, like I, I got, I, like I, I had the tendency to get like stuck on my own personal sense of shortcomings, and and would, uh, it, it was it was a, a little later that I that it dawned on me that oh. Oh, like sin is a systemic issue. Like, yeah. like sin isn't so much about like my private thoughts as it is about 
what is like happening in the the world and how we are collectively either oftentimes maybe both because it's complicated but but either perpetuating these these um systems of oppression or crafting and constructing liberating alternatives to these systems of oppression well you know one of the things that uh that that kevin and lee on this podcast talked about before Mm. was a porn addiction right yeah and that's looked at as a very individualistic like you know but then you look at the media and how our media pushes that right the the hypersexualization of everything um the fact that there's a whole industry out there uh that exploits people of both genders uh you know to to uh put themselves in these situations for an extra quick buck or something like that and the system that made them (laughs) need the extra quick buck to begin with right like this whole world there and so it's not an individual issue it's a systemic issue yeah. And that's true for every, uh, you know, for all of our sins from things that we consider just private little thoughts in our head or whatever to, to major, major issues. It all goes back to all of our responsibility. Um, I think about, uh, you know, I, th- I think about uh, Daniel in captivity. He prayed for forgiveness for the whole nation and he was just a kid when he was taken into captivity. Like, what is he praying for forgiveness for? It wasn't his fault. And yet, it's just that expect accepting responsibility as a member of the human race. You know, we're all in this together. And what's great about the wilderness is it oh, teaches me. you that, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, the trash that you pick up when you're hiking through. And I know you carry a bag to, to pick up the trash that you see. Uh, right. um, that's all of our problem, not just the guy who threw it in there. You know, there it's 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 so much bigger than just any one person. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Man. Well, we are nature. We are nature seeing nature. We are a nature with a concept of nature, nature weeping, nature speaking of nature to nature. That's uh, Susan Griffin. Wrote. <laughs> I love it. I love I love it, too. It's just uh, well. And I think um, I have this other quote. Uh, I know you've got on your desk there a Terry Tempest Williams quote from from our hike together. Yes, from our I do. Together. I do. It's there's under the glass other, on my desk. There's, there's this other um, line that she has. Um, and uh, she's making a statement to uh, the Senate subcommittee on forest and public lands management um, back yeah. in in the mid 90s. Awesome. And um, so there's there's this line. She says, what do we wish to be whole, to be complete? Wildness, she says, reminds us what it means to be human. Wildness reminds us what it means to be human what we are connected to rather than what we are separate from. So there's oftentimes there's this, uh, this idea that, that going into wild, into a wild space is about detaching from the world. But I just like to come back to the idea, maybe like land this, this ship a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. The idea of um, like, I talked a lot about the confluence of wildness and spirituality, right. Which is like this beautiful venue of, of, of formation. Wilderness is a place where spiritual formation happens, where transformation happens, where Jesus goes to wrestle with the devil, where Jacob <laughs> wrestles with angels, right. Like um, this, this space of sublime divine numinous encounter where, where like we are shaped, but then like, why, right like why that formation um and i think this is a really important piece or else we're just then stuck in the wilderness um but like that's not 
that's not what wilderness is for. Wilderness is a place that we're meant to go, but not remain. Wilderness is meant to orient us back to our community, right? To remind us what we're connected to rather than what we're separate from. Uh, and so ultimately, we go and camp at the confluence of wildness and spirituality for the common good, like yeah. so that we so that we are strengthened, renewed, informed, formed, um, and ultimately reoriented, hopefully again and again, finding some rhythms of regular connection with the stuff of wildness so that we can be regularly reoriented to our work in the world, to the good stuff mm. that we've got to contribute um, to making a more beautiful, loving, just, liberating world. Yeah, Come on. man. I love it. Preach yes. it. Preach it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You said you were a children's minister. Maybe you need to be a pastor. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, though, I, I really do. I just I love everything about you. I love your ministry. I love uh, your attitude. I love what you have to say. I love discovering renewal. Um, that's why I'm coming back. Man, you you sold it for me. And uh, hopefully some of our listeners can come too and tell us that they heard it from you on this podcast. That'd be awesome. So but, fun. It's yes. mutual. It's mutual. I'm a big fan of of who you are and how you show up in this world. Oh, I appreciate it so much. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a delight, and I cannot wait for people to join this conversation with us. And uh, is there anything else we need to know? Um, any uh, any resources? Any websites? Anything like that? Oh, that sure. Um, so I have. Uh, I'll be doing that that retreat again um, with Montreat Conference Center, which um, folks can go to. I think it's Montreat.org to check that out. Um, they're hosting that retreat, Discover and Renewal. Um, I have an upcoming online course called Wildness and Spirituality for the Common Good through uh, this great organization called the School of Global Citizenry. Um, that's not live in this moment, though it may be by the time this airs. Um, so I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you that, that website as well, Daniel, you can put Perfect. it in the show notes and then, um, yeah, my personal website is aaronmitchell.com. Um, and, uh, when I am in my rhythms of creativity, <laughs> yes. when I'm practicing what I preach, then I, I write some reflections there from time to time, uh, as well as, as well as mentioning these different projects that are happening. My friend, Mike, he talks about, uh, on his website he has daily articles or whenever i feel like it or something like that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll put all those links in the show in the show notes then and uh, people can go and check out your your website and attend your online class if they'd like and come to discovering renewal read some gerald may who knows uh, and i would yeah. just say one last one final word from me um to everyone don't forget wear the pants that you want to wear <laughs> hey that's that is the main quote from this episode wear the pants you want to wear because <laughs> if you're not doing that what are we even doing exactly i love you buddy this is good thank you for having me oh man thank you for being on i hope you all have a great day god bless and we'll see you in the next episode okay there we go how about Woo! that